Welcome to Labors for the Lord, the podcast dedicated to the Word of God. We hope that this blesses you and inspires you to seek the promises and the love that the Lord has for you. Now, here's your host, Craig Majors. Regrets. We all have them. Uh, I think as, as human beings, that is, that's one thing that we have in common. We all have uh, regrets. Now, some of us may have more regrets than others, uh, but we all have them. I, I can say uh, personally that I have a huge, huge list of, of regrets. Um, when I look back over uh, the years of my life, and, Especially when I was younger, you know, I look at the ways, you know, that that I talked to my mom. You know, I regret that. I regret not listening to my parents, um, thinking that you know they that they didn't know what they were talking about, and I was just going to do my own thing, and had to end up learning the hard way. And so I, re- I regret not not taking their advice, not listening to them. Uh, I regret not spending more time with family. Um, I regret having a drinking problem for a lot of years, a lot of years, and um, which a lot of things came along with that. And um, I'm sure at some point I'll, I'll record an episode and give my testimony, but, uh, but I have a lot of regrets. And, and one, I was thinking about this, one, one of the biggest regrets that I have is I wish that I would have gave my life to the Lord years ago. You know, when I was younger, I hear, you know, about these people who get saved when they're 12 or 13 years old. And, you know, I wish that would have been me. Um, Now, don't get me wrong. This isn't something that I just, (laughs) that I said and dwell on. I'm thankful that the Lord reached down and pulled me out of the the pit that I was in when he did, but I can't help but think of, of the impact I could have had, uh, you know, if, if I would have surrendered to the Lord when I was younger and, and the work that I could have been doing all of these years for the glory of God, for the kingdom of heaven, um, you know, people that I could have uh, maybe reached and, and just work that I could have done for the Lord, you know, and it's funny because you know, these things were not hidden from me. Uh, I, I grew up in church, and you know, there's a lot of kids who, you know, whose parents they they either don't believe or or they're just too lazy to to take their kids to church to get involved with church or whatever the case may be. But for me and and for my sister and, and one of my cousins, we, we grew up in church. Um, I learned how to play drums in church. Um, now I didn't pay a lot of attention. And, and to be honest with you, um, I hated going. It's funny because I'll, I'll talk, you know, me and my fiance will be talking and, and she grew up in church and we're actually members now of the church that she grew up in. And her parents still go to that church, have been going to that church for, I don't know, 30 something years. But what's funny is we'll be talking and she'll say, Oh, I remember when, 
When I was 11 and Pastor Adams preached on this, I'm just like, you paid attention when you were 11? I mean, for me, when I was 11 and in church, I was a million miles away. Uh, now, when the music and the singing started, I was I was more attentive because I, I, I love music. And, and so I paid attention with that. And, and I did learn, you know, some stuff here or there, but for the most part, I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention. Um, and, you know, and it's sad because, you know, there's, there's kids who, you know, they're, they're not that, you know, they, they don't have that privilege to, to grow up in church. And, and, and I did, and, and I didn't, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention, but, but I think about it, you know, in, in all of those years, cause as I, as I grew, you know, grew up and started driving and things, you know, I, I just quit going to church. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't even go on Easter and that's when, you know, some of the most hardcore sinners, they at least go on Easter. You know, uh, I didn't even do that. I just, I never went and, and I never gave much thought to eternity. It was never really something that I sat and dwelled on. You know, I was, I was that guy that, you know, I would say, oh, I don't care if I die. I'm not scared of death, you know, and for a lot of it, it was, you know, it was kind of the cool thing to, you know, to give that vibe off or whatever the case may be. But I, I, I didn't give a whole lot of thought to eternity. And sitting here now and looking back on it, it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. If I would have, if I would have died during those years, you know, before I was saved, before the Lord saved me, I know exactly where I would have went. And, and that is scary enough in itself. But what's, what's more terrifying than that is I would have been in eternal separation from my Creator from my, my Lord and Savior. I would have been separated from Him for eternity. And it is by His grace that I am still here today and I'm so thankful that, that my time didn't expire in those years before, uh, before I come to know the Lord and surrender my life to Him. You know, and like I said, I, eternity was just not it was just not something that, that, that plagued my mind that often. I was reading about Picasso the other day. You know, Picasso was one of the greatest painters of, of the 20th century. And, and I read about how when his body began to, to give away to illness, he, he started to paint even more and more and more and more. And he looked at all of his previous work kind of like it was useless to him. And he was consumed with painting a masterpiece. And that was, that was his focus all the way up to, to the point of his death. And I think he actually, uh, when he died, he had just got through painting a couple hours before that. But, but he was just consumed with anxiety and, and frenzy over this masterpiece. And... And that was just what his mind was on. It was, his mind wasn't on eternity. His mind wasn't on where he was going to go. It was just his masterpiece. 
And then I read about another person named William Wilberforce, who he passed away in 1833. And I read how he spent decades trying to get slavery abolished in the in the British Empire. And then his health began to fail, but but William continued to do everything he could in the fight against slavery and 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 hoped that he would live long enough to see the day that that the slaves were freed. But I, I didn't read how his life was marked by anxiety and frenzy and, and all these things. Slavery was finally outlawed, and William thanked God, and then three days later, he died. William kept on his course of action, even in in the, the face of difficulty, because he had eternity in mind. Picasso was driven crazy because he saw death as, as making life uh, pointless, and, and, and it just seems that he didn't have eternity in mind. You know, and the thing is, if, if you want to live with, with joy and assurance of eternity instead of emptiness, we have to keep our focus on Jesus. You know, it's it's odd to think about death. It's odd to think about it or even depressing for some people. And when you're young, it seems like death is it's a million years away. But as you grow older, you see that that time is contagious and years start to pass as quick as seasons change. But if you're saved, if you're born again and you understand and realize what's after death for you, then living each day, it's a lot more joyful and it's a lot more rewarding. Now, I'm not saying that every day is always easy, but, but you see the bigger picture of things. The foundation and um, the backbone of faith, of Christian faith, is the resurrection of Christ. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15 that if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is useless and so is your faith. But Christ was raised, amen, and, and the only person ever to defeat death. And because of Jesus, our our physical deaths are, are different and death has no hold on us anymore. Amen. First Corinthians 15, 55, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? My King of kings, my Lord of lords, my Savior who, who I worship, who died to free me from my sin, has given me eternal life. And I give all praise and, and all glory to him. Because my Lord and Savior is alive, so will I be for eternity. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 8, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. And Jesus says to Philip, have I been with you so long? And you still do not know me, Philip. Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. 
So here Philip is asking, he, he's saying, show us the Father. We want to see the Father. God reveals himself in his son, Jesus Christ, who, who suffered for us. There was a, uh, a young American missionary named Kayla Mueller, and she was killed in the Middle East by ISIS. And she took great joy in Jesus and, and what he had done for her. And in an interview a couple of years before she was taken prisoner, she said, quote, Some people find God in church. Some find him in nature. Some find him in love. I find God in suffering. Now, you might not realize what she's getting at here, but, but it's right here in what Jesus says that, that Kayla realized where her God is found. God reveals himself in his son, Jesus Christ, who suffered for your sins and for my sins. This is where we see and find the full extent of God's love. You can't find him anywhere else. It's in his son, Jesus Christ. What would you say to someone who says, show me God? Where would you point them? What, 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 what would you say? You would point them to Christ. Jesus says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. All the works that Jesus did, works of, of mercy, works of love, his self-sacrifice, this is what God is like. He loves us. We are unique in all of his creation. Created in the image of God loves us so much and wants us to be with him so much that he sent his son to suffer and to die for our sins. And he is coming back. He is coming back one day to take the faithful back to the place that he has prepared for us. 